The Small Business Show, episode 101 for January 11th, 2017. And welcome to the Small Business Show here at businessshow.co, the show by, for, and about small business owners here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And in Concord, California, I'm Shannon Jean. How are you, Dave? Uh, I'm doing okay. I uh, was at CES last week out in Las Vegas, and uh, and I, I wore my throat raw, but I think it actually yeah. was a little bit of, uh, I don't know, trade show SARS or whatever that turns into. But uh, I think yes. I'm okay. Very mild. It's your, your back and your, your throat are always the uh, would pay the price after the, that the, show. The bottoms of my feet, too. Ah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, cool. it's, it's it was good. I, I got to actually meet a lot of interesting people, and that's sort of the point. Uh, so. Yeah. But it all worked I love, out. I love oh, yeah. yeah, that's cool. It's good I love for that show. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Well, it's, it's uh, episode 101. It's like a start to the new year. Good time uh, to do that. And uh, today we're joined by a good friend of mine, Rick Stewart from Listo. How are you, Rick? Good, Shan. Dave, how are you? Good. We're good. Yeah. Very good. Thanks for coming so, on the show, man. Yeah, yeah. Thanks you for bet, being you on. Bet. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, I've wanted to have Rick on for a while. Uh, you know, Rick uh, brings a really interesting uh uh, outlook on small business as a multi-generational business owner. And we want to talk about that uh, today. And uh, so uh, give us a little bit of background on, on your business. Uh, is it still Listo Pencil Corporation? Is that yeah, how it started? Listo Pencil Company, Company. is really yeah. the, the main, the core business. And that's the 96-year-old four-generation business that we are. That's awesome. And uh, started by my great-grandfather in Alameda, California. And we're still there to this day. Um, he was, uh, uh, an inventor, uh, entrepreneurial guy, and he was one of the early developers of a, a mechanical marking pencil. Um, just a quick story is the pencils, you know, back in the day were all wood. They still are, but you know, they were wood originally. And he f- saw a street corner vendor displaying this, um, new comb that was made out of this new fancy material, which was an early plastic and kind of thought, you know, we could uh, make a mechanical uh, writing instrument out of this mm. that wouldn't break, wouldn't have to sharpen it, blah, blah, blah. And that's kind of how the how the company started um, back in those days. And it, and it as it grew and evolved in many different products over the years. But um, that was the uh, that was the origin. That's cool. What, so what's the main products er, that you sell now? So we're still doing mainly writing instruments. OK, um, the we don't do any mechanical pencils like you'd find in, in schools or uh, Staples or Office mm. Depot. Um, we do a line of uh, marking pencils, we call them. They're really markers. And it's kind of like a crayon based, like a wax based uh, writing material, but mechanical and refillable. Okay. And we sell that into a number of different industries. Um, but that was the product that was launched in the mid forties mm. that oh, wow. we still make basically the same way. That's awesome. Um, and at that time it was built, uh, I mean, it was designed to, um, for heavy industry, um, shipbuilding during world war two, we got into grocery business, a bunch of different stuff that kind of really launched, uh, and, and, launched and, the firm. And so when you say like heavy industry, it's like writing on steel yeah, and so, different so things? Yeah, so our, our tagline with this thing is it'll write on anything. Okay. So uh, yeah, we can write on glass, we can write on metal, we can write on you know foil, uh, paper, of course, yeah. uh, whiteboard, um, all those kinds of things. And so, um, yeah, our, our you know, the company has evolved so, to go into so many different little niche industries over the years. It really gets... Uh, 
uh, pretty wild and pretty fun. Yeah, that's cool. That's a great story. You know, <laughs> the, the, the longevity, I love it. What I, I, love what, it. What I like is, it, it, what, what kind of hit me at first blush is, we talk to a lot of business owners, and so many of them, at Shannon and I included, have businesses that are rooted or at least dependent upon modern tech. And our products are often just modern tech. And so here we're talking, you know, to you, you've got this business that creates something that everybody still needs, or at least a lot of people still need. And, uh, and, and it thrives and all of that, but it's just fascinating that you have this product that was created in the forties. <laughs> yeah. It's, awesome. I mean, and, and we're the opposite of modern tech, right? right? And we're, we're about as low tech as it can get. That's it. Um, yeah. and, and it's, and that's been a quandary for us for uh, years. I remember hearing stories of my dad talking to his dad, Saying, "Oh my gosh, grows your business. You know, uh, th- there's this new thing called a price tag coming out. What are we going to do? It's going to kill us, you know." And uh, awesome, yeah. And so, well, wow. we need to figure this out. And yeah. so, well, we still kept the grocery ties, and we did a lot of work, like in the in the butcher area, right? Because they're still sure. marking on on butcher paper sure. or something like that. But yeah, we you know we uh, price tags and barcodes and all that stuff took over for the consumables. But um, you know, then we venture out and we. You know, start talking to restaurants, and now we're into you know food service, which was kind of related to grocery. I mean, you use a lot of the same distribution channels, and so you know, and then we got into uh, marking on um, like food packaging, you know, either during preparation or for fast food chains, and so that's um, that's you know, you kind of. It kind of had to evolve. I mean, you know what the headwinds are going to be, yeah. Uh, but if you don't kind of keep moving. Somewhere you're going to eventually disappear. Well, yes. so you well, have, I, uh, you have the benefit of having a, a business where the culture uh, or at least the, 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 the model is you must pivot all the time. Right. I mean, Absolutely. You, and but and that's something that's probably true of every business out there. But, you know, most business owners have to learn that, whereas, you know, with this business, I assume by the time you got involved, pivots were just a natural part of what you do. They were for sure. But I, I will add that, you know, we've been very, very lucky to have a very loyal and stable customer base for a lot of years. Sure. Um, you know, the pivot thing really happens kind of industry specific. And then from there, you just kind of, you know, we rely a lot on our distributors to help us kind of get product out to people that they think they could use it. Yeah. And um, so, Luckily, those are the relationships that have helped us kind of make that pivot, even though, you know, we internally, maybe we kind of steer the ship and then let it kind of go where it of goes. Of course. Yeah. You follow, what, follow the world. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and what I love about it is, yes, it's a pivot and this and this and that, but it's the same or similar a pro- product that you're pushing out there into new areas. It's the exact same product. I mean, we, <laughs> right. you know, there's, there's a few different tweaks we do it. Of course, you know, you can, you can take one product, Shannon, know you this, that, yeah. or you know this, that, you know, you can take one thing. Okay. We got seven colors. We can pack it three different ways. Well, there's yeah. 21 SKUs. Hey, we got refills. Then we got, you know, three packs of that and seven. Colors. So next thing you know, you have a 50 SKU line on one thing. So yeah, it's sure. Kind of, it's kind of cheating, but um, you know, it's a way to kind of make it look a little uh, a little more full yeah yeah and uh, hey we do all you know kinds of stuff and then you know we have packaging that goes specific to, to some areas and, and then we just use our general packaging for kind of the rest but yeah. um it's really cool yeah it's and and i think to, uh we well, i don't want to sidetrack on this yet but we'll, i want to come back to that let's um so when you were younger as a kid did mm-hmm. were you working in the business like my kids work in my business now i mean are they in the no, suburbs not no? really okay. not really i mean it's uh you know there was no pressure from my family at all at okay. all to 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 get involved um you know i went through school and 
was a finance guy coming out of college and, and uh, I was going to be the hotshot, you know, stockbroker, <laughs> you know, wall street was a recent movie and <laughs> nice. you know, you know, minus the illegal stuff, we all wanted to, you know, that was going to be my life. Right. And I went out and sold, um, you know, mutual funds and oh. insurance products for not even a year. And I was, I was done. I it was like, was forget it, you. forget yeah. it. You know, this is early nineties. Jog market was, was awful. And, uh, there was an opportunity down there. My dad's, um, one of the family uh, members was leaving the company, retiring. And he kind of said, well, why don't you come down, you know, for a little bit, you can buy some time, you know, interview, continue to look for things you may want to do, but it's, sure. you know, uh, it would, it would also help you know, me. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so that's kind of where it started. Um, but you know, I'd always, always grown up with it. You know, I kind of, you know, learned to dig into financials probably in like my high school years mm-hmm. just to kind of learn a little bit more about kind of what's, uh, what's at stake. And they started to venture out into other, other, uh, processes. They, they, you know, we did injection molding and metal stamping and all these kind of in-house operations. And we started to sell machine time uh-huh. to run other people's jobs just to diversify the product line a little bit. Sure. And so we had a lot of things kind of going on around that time when I got down there okay. and it was a little bit of a, a little bit of a cluster in yeah. a way. I mean, we, we had kind of lost some focus on our own flagship line and we're spending a lot of time and trying to build, a business that was very competitive and, and moving offshore. Mm. And so we kind of had to, you know, there was, there was a crossroads coming and we were kind of trying to figure out, well, what, what's, what does that look like? And, and who's going to do it? Yeah. And I'm, I think I'm looking at the guy. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> well, I think, I think you are. Yeah. 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 That wound up doing it. So, yeah. And, uh, so you came on in, uh, was that, was that back in like 94? Yeah. Start? I started in 94 okay. and, um, a lot of the employees had been there since I was born. So wow. that's another dynamic, um, yeah, that's, you know, and it's anywhere from production worker to skilled uh, tool and die engineer okay. um, to, um, you know, executive type stuff, yeah. um, you know, accountant, whatever. Sure. And, uh, and so, you know, that was, you know, so I knew all these people kind of my whole life, not really well, but, you know, some more than others. Um, but yeah, I got there in 94 and I kind of said, well, you know, I'll spend this year and you know, help out and learn a little business and interview on the side. And, and, you know, that was, you know, 22 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I kind of, once I kind of felt that there's an opportunity here for me in the long term. um, you know, rather than making changes too quickly, which may ruffle some feathers, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give myself, you know, some time. Yeah. Um, and I kind of put this five year kind of thing in my mind and maybe that's too long. I don't know, but I, that was a number that kind of worked for me. And I kind of thought, well, maybe I'll spend those years to really learn as much as I can and then kind of open my mouth. Yeah. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, then yeah. I commend your, your dad for not pressuring you and just, Hey, I need some help. Come on down and see, see what happens. Yeah, exactly. Cool. Yeah. It was, it was an open door thing. There nice. was no pressure to do it. And I kind of said, well, I kind of need to be working to, yeah. you know, and he wanted to me to be not on the family payroll. So yeah, you yeah. Know, it was kind of, <laughs> it was kind of, yeah, I needed to do something. And so it was a, it, it was an opportunity for me, um, to jump in. And so that's how it started. That's great. That's awesome. That's, that's, yeah, that's really cool. So we, we've talked to uh, a little bit about the the culture, and you know, once you got in there and everything, and and I, I think that um, you you made a comment that I was really impressed with when we were talking before about doing the show was that um, you know you would argue that uh, changing the culture of a business was 
perhaps even harder than starting up a new a new That's company. Right. That's right. And and it really stuck with me because, you know, everybody always says how oh, one in ten businesses makes it, it's so hard, yada yada yada. But mm-hmm. rarely do people talk about that. And That's right. Well, yeah. Speak to that a little bit. Well and everybody oh your dad gave you your job. Yeah. Yes. That's cool. Right. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Um yeah, so there was there's that stigma that goes with it. Sure. I mean I would say on the culture thing when I first got down there, the culture was not great. Um and I think that things were kind of in the, in the maybe in the sixties and seventies. You know, again before my time, um, the company went union. Mm. Okay. So oh. we had, in fact, two different unions for wow. different different classifications of workers. And when you kind of do that, and I'm not anti-union, but sure. when you when you do that, you just kind of there's a little bit of wedge between management and ownership, and and uh, oh well, you got to communicate through the representative yeah. and the shop steward. And it was never really a great thing. We had a strike in the early 70s, you know, during mass uh, wage, you know, wow. change and in inflation. It was a difficult yeah, sure. time for everybody. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, you know, all the, the ramifications and employees that were there when I got there were, you know, still remember those days. And, you know, okay, here comes the owner's kid. Yeah, that's you know? of course. And I'm going like, okay. So it, that's, again, that maybe that stemmed that five year. Yeah. you know, time to kind of really learn. Yeah, in hindsight, that seems like a really smart it's thing to really do. Yeah, smart it, it was, thing. Yeah. It was yeah. just, you know, it was a trust building. Yeah, yeah, sure. Prove and yourself I, to them maybe a little bit. Absolutely, and, right? absolutely. Yeah. And I, you know, and I, it would have been better maybe if I went in and kind of started on the production line or in some sort of, you know, back shop kind of capacity. But, you know, I didn't have a big interest in doing that, to be honest. And yeah. my dad kind of wanted to spend more of this time when he didn't know I was, how long I was going to be there. Um, to kind of learn management role, sure. Just for the sake of learning yeah, it, makes sense. So, um, you know, that would have been maybe one thing to do differently, but at the same time, um, you know, the culture was there, and and so yeah, I, I would have you know friends tell me all the time, uh, "What do you do?" or you know, ask what I do, and I tell them, and oh, family business, oh okay, and they kind of just talk it up too. Well, that's nice. You got to work yeah. through family. It's already established. Yeah, you just kind of sure. coasted in, right? Yes, you know, good for you. Why'd you go to college? You know that yeah. whole thing. Yeah, and you know, I would say, well, that's. Not really the case, you know, and here's what we're doing. And, you know, I got defensive about it a lot of times, but I did have yeah. one friend who told me that, you know, and who's a startup guy. And he kind of said, wow, that must have been a real challenge. Yeah. And my eyes just lit up. Right. I went sure. Like, yes. It was a cocktail party thing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like, finally, this guy, you know, he gets it. He'd be a great you know, guest on your show. Someday. Sure. But, sure. Um, yeah. And that was, you know, finally some recognition for me that, you know, this is, you know, making the changes that I kind of wanted to make, um, we're going to be a challenge. And yeah. so how do we, how do we do it? And yeah. Yeah. What so, was uh, there? Go ahead. I, no, I, I, you know, as I'm, as I'm processing this, I'm curious, it, it, I'm sure some of the employees had uh, a fear that they, some of them might've even expressed that, you know, you were going to come in and kill this business. What was like, how much of that fear did you have? You know, I mean, here's this thing that's been run successfully by your family for generations. And now here you go. It's yours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't screw it up. Right? Don't screw it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and, and I expressed that fear to my family, both my mom and my dad. Um, and my mom had no involvement in the business whatsoever. She had her own career, but she would just kind of be your thought partner on the side. Sure. Um, or my, and my dad's as well, of course. But um, uh where was I going with that? The, uh, help me out. Were you going to yeah, kill it? Well, yeah. Yeah. Whether, kill, yeah. Right, whether, yeah. yeah so, uh, you know, I kind of said, uh, you know, I, uh, I hope the ship doesn't go down on my watch. Right. And, right, yeah. and both my parents were very supportive and said, no, absolutely not. You know, that we're, um, you know, this is something that, um, that whatever we can keep maintaining 
is kind of the goal. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the life of the brand and the longevity of the brand is, is kind of a legacy thing more than anything else. Of course, you want it to be profitable and support yeah. the family and so forth. But, I mean, if you can keep it going and make it make sense and have fun with it, go go do it. You know, uh-huh. they, they were not ever... That's great. Um, That's great. Worried that, um, um, you know, that the operation would sink. But I, I would also say that, you know, over the years that the company was growing, you know, we also acquired you know, a bunch of real estate. Hmm. And those were manufacturing buildings. Um, three of them that we developed in Alameda and also 12 residential apartments. But no, is this all around the same area? All around the okay. plant. In fact, oh. the apartments were, corp- you know, they were employee housing originally. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's I mean, cool. we, we were like our own little, you know, coal mining. How town. many employees? Um, How many employees at, do you the, at the peak, we probably had about 50. Okay. And nice. and wow. then, you know, through automation and sure. and, and, and streamlining of, of, of processes, we uh, yeah. Yeah, have dwindled down. When I got there, it was maybe in the high teens, 17, okay. 18, somewhere yeah. in there. And, um, um, but yeah, so, you know, we had, we had the hedge of the, of the real estate stuff, um, that we were kind of, uh, as we vacated a few buildings, we'd redevelop it and repurpose it and lease it. Yeah. Um, you know, we didn't have, always have employees, um, living in the apartments, but we had market rate housing. And so we'd rent those out. Yeah, so, of course. Um, you know, the, the, the real estate started to, um, grow in value and it actually became a large shareholder dispute. Oh. At one time. Wow. Again, when I was kind of a kid, you know, it's this is maybe generation number three. So you end up with a lot of cousins of cousins and friends oh, sure. or whatever. And some people are kind of saying, you know, well, the value of this company is not this pen thing anymore. It's these buildings. You know, let's just yeah. liquidate this sucker and split it up. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so my dad's going like, are you kidding me? No, I, I work here. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know. Anyway, a, a, another side story on that one, but yeah. um, you know that was that was the nice part about my parents' position is you know they had kind of the real estate kind of holdings and the in the backing there for me to to give me some autonomy with the operation. That's great. Right. So yeah, that, that was that was helpful. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I mean it sounds like you have kind of the, you have developed this foundation. You know, we we always talk about side revenue and income and stuff too. You know, on, on the show, and so that that sounds like they worked out well. Now you mentioned to me you, you did you wind up splitting off parts of the business. We did. We did. So, you know, moving into the early 2000s, um, it was clear that, you know, the control of the of the operations kind of was being handed over to me. Yeah. And my dad kind of designated me president kind of the one board meeting one day. Awesome. Here here you go. (laughs) Right. right. And I kind of said, well, great. I mean, I've been kind of doing it for years anyway, but that's fine. Yeah. It's a title. No, it's Um, it's, yeah. It's important. I mean, from the from the visibility of the employees, there there needs to be that official. Here we go. This is going to this is actually happening. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. a good point. Yeah. A clear leadership. And, and then also, you know, that defines that, you know, hey, we're continuing here. So yeah, right. it's not like there's an end game that, you know, sure. Dan's going to retire and that's it. Um, but yeah, so we started to, to talk about it was more estate planning, I think, than I anything else sure. for my, my parents and started talking about the real estate versus the um, the operations. So we did split off the real estate and that was a challenge. We figured. Where we talked to a lot of attorneys and they said, well, you can't move the real estate out of the C corporation because you're going to have this big step up in this gained report. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, we don't want to get to CPA here, but sure. um, Then you end up with all this cash that's still stuck in a CPA corp. How are you going to get it out? Well, you got to pay another tax, a dividend thing. That's right. So, you know, we met with a couple of attorneys, we're getting ideas, and this one attorney said, well, don't move the real estate out of the corporation, move the manufacturing out of the corporation. Oh, And I went like, duh. Duh. Yeah. 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 So, (laughs) what a great lesson. I know, I know. So, in 2008, I started a new company and purchased from the old company. Uh, Listo Pencil. Nice. And the name, the brand, oh. all the packaging, the inventory, the receivables, the payables, the whole nine yards. Got it. 
and uh, that's brilliant. And put in, and and we, we so got a valuation done. <laughs> yeah. And you know the the valuation people said, okay, well it's you know we think it's worth this. And of yeah. course, you know we tried to get it as low as possible. My parents kind of wanted to give me a of course fairly good deal. Sure. And, uh, you know, so I exchanged uh, a note. I owe the company, the old company, this. Yes. And uh, they give me these things. And I went out and started operations on April 1st of 2008. Man, that's, a, that's a great idea. And, and what a great example of really looking at things you know, backwards or, or real different, you know, exactly. from a different exactly. perspective of, Hey, we're missing. I mean, this that's guys. Sa- we, that you know. saved you a ton of, t- of tax liability. Well, the, the worst part is we never would have done anything. So that, we right. Of course. Yes, of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, and, right. and just defer, defer, defer. And, yeah. and until, until that would have been right? a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Until yeah. what? Like, what's the end game? And that yeah. was our, that was the fear here. So yeah, you kick that can down the road too much. I mean, it, yeah, you got to deal that's with right. it at some point. Yeah. And as you guys know that, you know, business property, you can depreciate, right? Right. Of course. So, um, you know, yeah. it costs so much to buy the land and build the buildings, but you depreciate the buildings, not the land. Yep. You know, so there's, you know, the, the cost basis on this stuff and the potential gain oh exposure yeah. was ridiculous. It, it, yeah, that's right. The, the tax ramifications yeah. are they're insane. Well, Plus, we were, cool. you know, it, it was a time when, um, you know, we were ready to make some changes to the manufacturing uh-huh. um, sure. and start, you know, we had some key people retiring. And and to kind of face the, the the writing on the wall of, you know, should we be operating in this building and should we be in molding, yeah. stamping at all? Yeah. And so we decided around uh, 2006, seven, well, five and six that uh, no, we shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. And that we could, you know, the companies that can supply you with the components you need these days didn't exist 50 years ago. Sure. You know, you had to be vertically integrated 50 years ago. You yeah, had to do everything yourself, controlled yep. to be dependent on nobody. Right. I mean, now you can have a vendor. I mean, I have a vendor back in Massachusetts that does metal stamping for the pocket clip pen industry only. That's all they do. Wow. And they specify only in that and all the plating and everything else that goes with it. But I mean, their catalog of available products is a thousand times more than we could ever do in house. Sure. And so why not? Use yeah, they're more them? efficient, right? Yeah. yeah. More yeah. efficient. So why yeah. not use them? And, and the same goes for molders. You know, we, we knew all the injection molding people in California cause we had, you know, come across them or competed with them. And we kind of picked our, our few favorites and we said, bid this stuff for us, you know, sure. bid, bid our stuff. And, and we, um, you know, picked up with one of them and they started running our stuff. And so Wait, it's great because it's really kind of, uh, you know, an early example of, just kind of virtual company outsourcing things. And, uh, you know, we've had a lot of people on the show that are running these, you know, we had a guy uh, Skyping in from a beach in Spain, you know, Mm -hmm. that that Mm -hmm. was running a business and all these kinds of things. So it's, it's a, a, you know, an early example of how you're setting that up. It absolutely is. And I mean, obviously if, you know, sales and marketing is kind of another area that, you know, but the way our business is built with all the distribution channels, we really didn't even have that in house. Hmm. So, you know, back in the heyday, you know, Dave, like you asked about 50 employees, you know, um, now we're back to two. And so here we are. That's awesome. You know, you, you look at the, at the, uh, uh, the revenue that really hits your bottom line. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure at different times, uh, I, I just, I can, I can only speak to my experience, but at many times when I've had companies with many, many, many people, and then you've had this big growth run. Well, if you really look at it, you know, as the owner, how much is really coming into your pocket, it's often can be less or not much more. Not much, and, and it's an opportunity cost. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And we had a tough time really identifying any costs. 
I mean, it was the type of thing where, you know what, like, we know what payroll going out the door is. Yeah. You know what materials to buy is going out the door. And you have to kind of have to track a transfer of goods to figure out the cost of your per good. Yeah. Well, I found it a lot easier if you buy everything. If of course. You know are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it just so happened that it turned out to be cheaper that way, too. But, That's um, it, you know, for me, it was a little bit of a selfish thing. It's like, well, you know, I can buy this uh, lead stick and I can buy the pocket clip and whatever, um, you know, when a vendor supplying it for you. You roll up some freight and you're done. That's yeah, it, you know. Yeah, no, that's huh. fantastic. Wow. That's great. So <laughs> during, that's during like this growing, <laughs> shrinking to grow, I guess. Yeah, yeah. shrinking to grow. Yeah, I've you know, I mean, I, I don't know how many businesses have been around 96 years that have two people in them, but we're one of them. That's um, awesome. For better or worse, great. Um, and and the and the time between has has been up and down, wild, sure, left, right, you know, in and out, everything. Else. Well, that's for people I think on outside of business, and and I would also you know, include some bankers in that thing where they always think business is just a vertical, you know, a, a diagonal vertical march up the chart. You of know? course, and, they're looking and, at an internal rate of return, right? Yeah, I mean, it's like, a CD well, hey, or something. how come you had a bad year a couple years ago? Well, it's yeah. like, well, this is why, you know. And, exactly. Uh, like yeah. this last year was a good year. We were up on sales, but we were yeah. up on costs because yeah. we ran into some tooling issues um, and, our, and a lot of our tools are dated, right? Yeah, and sure. So we're, it's a maintenance thing. And, you know, with our molding partner, we have them repair and modifications and we and there was an, uh, a dimension a key dimension on a part that were that we were missing and we're getting a lot of rejects and mm. and it took us longer than normal to kind of identify it and find it and we've addressed it but yeah. you know so we had a lot of write downs yeah. this year and so that yeah. was a bummer but you know what it's it's um it happens, it happens. right and, yeah. and you can point to it on this on the financials and say well, there it is. There's our write downs. Yeah. It was, you know, whatever thousand. Sure. But yeah, um, you do that in your executive summary that you do at the end of the year. Right? Absolutely, about that. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's cool. Yeah. So, this it's a fascinating journey, and uh, I know we could talk many hours, especially if we had a few beers going back and absolutely. forth. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> and uh, but you know, one of the things that we really like to talk about on the show because we learn so much from them is mistakes. Mm-hmm. So along along the way, you know, you you. you you talk about a lot of different things you did and changing the culture, employee, you know, real estate. Mm-hmm. What do you think the best mistake you ever made? The that best the, mistake. Yeah. yeah. At the uh, time that may have been like, Oh no, you know, this is devastating, but maybe you look back and go, wow, I really learned a lot. That was really an important thing for me to, to stumble over. Well, I think trying to deal with the in-house manufacturing that we're still doing, you know, so okay. at the time we were doing the in-house molding and the stamping and um, we hung on too long. We held on to that. We yeah. hung on too long. Yeah. Um, my dad and I was always just a kid. We love to hear machines run uh, in, in the back yeah. in the back sure. of the shop. And um, you know, when the machines were gone, you didn't hear the machines run. Yeah. And it was a little, you know, it was a little bit of a change. It was a, yeah. it was a big change. Yeah, sure. Uh, probably more for him than me, right? Um, because it was my call. But um, you know, he would uh, he you know he loved having the, the the tool shop in the back, talking to the guys and the engineers. To say say nothing of having something break at the house and oh, I'll take it down. Frank will fix it. You know, because yeah, he's, yeah, a, he's yeah. a, you know, a wonder with whatever. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. There are having, those ancillary all those people too. Yeah. Oh my that, gosh, yes. Yeah. You know, yeah. and just and, and and great, yeah, friendships and camaraderie yep. and team building that you've built over the years. Yeah, it's like a family. Family, right? I mean, it's, it's absolutely family. family. It's absolutely a family. But you know, people move on. People yeah. retire. The tool and die craftsman trade in the U.S. as a whole is 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 really dying. Yeah, um, a lot of stuff, as you guys know, went offshore in the eighties and nineties, and a lot of the tooling kind of engineer types went with it, and and the skilled trades here, um, there's just not a lot of people kind of coming up in those fields, and so that was the other part. Is how are we going to replace these guys? Yeah. And and we're a small six machine, three tool and die maker, three bench, we called it, um, shop, you know, doing mainly our stuff, but other people's stuff too. And 
you know, how are we going to how are we going to compete with these large scale molders yeah. that are in Texas, right? You know, or whatever, and um, and, and replace these guys. I mean, we, you know, fr- uh, Frank, our lead, the tooling guy, die guy, when he left the company, he was eighty two. Wow, I mean, he worked for us for over fifty years with That's a gap in between. Awesome. Sure, sure. Um, but cool. I mean, you're not, you're just not going to replace that guy. You know, and we had two other very qualified guys too, but you know, again, um, you know, somebody in their thirties, different times, not yeah. around. Yeah. They're not around. It, it makes sense. It makes sense. So, you know, and we've talked a lot about, you know, uh, up and down different things. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about on the show a lot is kind of this, uh, sense of success, you know, how do you measure your success, right? Is it always just revenue? And I mean, every, every business guy we've talked to or person is, you know, it's like, it's not just the cash is coming to the door. It's all these kind of things. It's how, not, how, it's yeah. Not, yeah. How do you really measure the success of, of Listo? Well, thankfully I think that was, you know, kind of instilled in me early when my parents kind of didn't put the pressure on. Yeah. So for me, it's been more about, um, just keeping the brand going, you yeah. know, I mean, here's this legacy brand that's, that's cool. been out there forever. And, you know, the, the, you know, kind of let it live its own life, you know, mm-hmm. um, we'll, like I said, steer the ship and find new places for, to use, you know, marking pencils. Yeah. Um, but as long as I can kind of keep the brand going, um, oh. I feel that's, I've been, you know, I'm, I'm almost like a steward of the yeah, brand. Yeah. The steward you know? of the brand. I love yeah, that. It's yeah. not, it's not anything more than that. And I, you know, and I probably feel that way more so cause I didn't start it. Right. I mean, sure. it existed. Um, but you know, who knows what happens to the brand after me, you know, do any of my kids have an interest? We'll see. They're still young, but, um, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to one of them kind of taking it and run with it. Or if none of them had an interest, then, you know, passing it off to, you know, somebody in the industry that Uh I know, um, there's a few of those that I think could do wonders with it too. That's really cool. That's very commendable. I think. So, you know, you have to, you have to kind of let it, let it live its own life in a way. What a wonderful, um, you know, sort of overreaching corporate value to have that, that just let the brand live and preserve the, the, the brand that gives you so much freedom, that not only to go to pivot the way you would need to pivot, but also, you know, if, if you're the one steering the ship and you don't need it to be a whatever, you know, a hundred million dollar company, you're okay with it being, you know, a fraction of that size and that works for you. It, you know, you're still honoring this legacy of the brand still exists. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, we're and, keeping and it alive. And a small business can, can be a yeah. small business. And of a course. small business, yeah, yeah you, you don't have this, really this baggage of... It, no empire building. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Right, right. That's and, awesome. And, 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 yeah. and, and no stakeholders that are pushing you well, yeah. to that's the freedom become of that. big, yeah. Yeah. Right? right? Because there's a lot of pressure in, in businesses that are owned by multiple people to, well, we got to get bigger. Mm. And we got to do it fast. You know? Right, right. And, uh, right. you know, to, to get out there and compete. But, you know, the writing instrument industry is, you know, billions of dollars and there's some very, very heavy hitters in it. Um, I'm friends with all of them through our industry groups, but, you know, they all kind of look back at me and say, you know, um, well, how are you guys doing? And what, you know, what are you up to? And, 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 you know, we don't, we don't really dabble in retail, you know, yeah. we don't sell to Staples and Depot and, and, right. and, and cause it's just too expensive. And they're like, oh my God, you're so lucky. How yeah. do you, how do you, right. how do you do it? <laughs> so well, we chose not to do it, you know, yeah. that's yeah, the we, difference. Right. So we decided like that. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Huh. That's great. So, uh, l- let me ask you, you know, usually at the end of the show, we, we ask people, Hey, you know, if you could look back, what advice would you give to a new, you know, business owner when you're getting started? And, and uh, we talked about this and I, I, I thought it would be good really, um, you know, what, what would be one of the best tips that you could give somebody that's taking over a multi-generational family business mm-hmm. at, based on, you know, uh, your experience 
Well, yeah, like I said, that the time, that five year thing, you yeah. know, and, and giving giving myself time to not like push too many, you know, ideas around uh-huh. and, and learn, um, yeah. I think was probably the biggest takeaway for me. Um and and allow the time, you know, for employees to trust me. Yeah, that's that, right. You know, that I'm working with them, not, you know, above them. Yeah. Um but at the same time I think, you know, getting them you know, once you earn the trust, it's, it's, you know, get them involved in decision making. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you could have a problem on uh, the quality issue or, or an employee issue or something like that. And, you know, get your you know, production managers. Well, how, you know, I don't sure. know how to handle this. Oh, maybe I do know exactly how to handle it, but I want to hear from Absolutely. you how you're going to handle it. So then you kind of throw it back and say, well, how would you handle it? I'm not sure what to do. And then, yeah. well, maybe we could do this. That's a great idea. Let's do that. You know, you just kind of help, you know, them take some ownership of the decisions, yep. even though they don't have an ownership stake in the company. Sure. Right. Um, but oh, you it's have their to job. Kinda, yeah. It is their job. And you have to let them do their job. Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. That's and that's great. always, you know, it's, um, and I, I'm not perfect by any means. Nobody is. But, what? You know, I always, <laughs> that's yeah, not what I heard. What are you talking about? Um, we, Shannon but, and know, I are. We're, we're perfect. Yeah, yeah, we're I perfect. That. We're yeah. perfect. Uh, you said idiots. it 101 times on the show. That's right. Um, <laughs> but there was, you know, there, there's a time, uh, you know, you have to, you know, you have to let these people kind of do their jobs and might not micromanage them. And I struggle with all of those things, you know, yeah. kind of being younger. All of and, us have. Yeah, and, that's and, right. And as I'm a little older now, you kind of, you let it go. You just yeah. let people do their work, um, you know, coach them up and, uh, and let it roll. As yeah. my, as my brother awesome. likes to say, you just got to let that stuff roll off the edge of your knife. Yeah, there you that's go. good. Yeah. yeah, no, that's great. That's some really great advice, and and uh, it's a fascinating story. And uh, you know, we, we 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 really appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, Thanks for having me. And uh, it's it. it's great. Uh, Dave, you have any other questions for Rick? No, I uh, I am mm-hmm. uh, as you can probably tell, very uh, inspired and enlightened. That, that there's yeah. A, yeah, and and I guess that's really the takeaway from a you know a business that has lasted so long is there. There are lessons ingrained in any business that's got decades and, I mean, almost a century, right, of, of yeah, existence. Right. And uh, and you've you've done a really good job of of kind of mining the business for those lessons that that exist there. It's it's obvious that you know your your earn and learn uh, philosophy of earning trust and learning the business. You really dug in and and spent that time to sort of figure out. Wait, what is this thing that I'm gaining here? Where, what are its true assets, and and what are the what's what's the wisdom baked into this? I, I think it's great, man. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for saying that. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, of course. Thanks yeah. for being on the show. We'll have you back sometime. See how it's going. Sounds yeah. good. Let's go. yeah, that's awesome. right. In, in a, well, you know, what another uh, ninety six years or something? 90, 94 <laughs> years. Something like My uh, great grandson will be. Yeah, on that's show. it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be our great grandsons too, Shannon. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, All right, folks. Cool. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, uh, if you want to find out more about uh, Rick Stewart and Listo Pencil Company, that's Listo, L-I-S-T-O dot com, correct? That's it. You got it. That's a perfect URL. And uh, if you yep. want to find out more about us, you can visit us, uh, visit businessshow.co slash Facebook, and that'll bring you to our small business support group where uh, where those of us that haven't learned the 96 years of lessons still help each other out. And actually, it's welcome to everybody, including you, Rick. So uh, it'd be great to see you there. Folks, we will see you all next week. Take care, everybody. Take care. Keep living that charmed life. <laughs>